Uh, he's about 130, so he's actually very small for a pig. But a lot bigger than people think many pigs get. And certainly when you're in a suburban house, it's like, oh, I'm not expecting that size of a pig to be wandering around. Um, and also there's there's a dog, some cats. Lizards, one cat. One cat. Okay. So you guys, you have a bit of a menagerie at the house. There's a snake. There's, there is still a snake, right? Yes. Still with us? Good. Excellent. Yeah. So welcome. Thanks for being part of our nonsense. Well, thanks for having me on. <laughs> Chris, how have you been marinating over there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm well marinated at this point. I, you know, th- this whole uh, quarantine that we kind of know, I mean, quarantine is not the right word, but that's what I'm calling it for shorthand, that we kind of know is going to last for a while, but to keep giving it to us piecemeal, like week by week, two weeks by two weeks is Which is a probably bit of a good grind. for mental health. Is it Maybe. though? <laughs> I think part of me just wants to have a date, you know. I understand that there's reasons that we can't really have that right now, but that's 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 what I deep down want to know. It's just this is what I'm working towards. So I think I'm very lucky compared to a lot of people, Um, but it's not my preferred way of being. And, you know, I'm increasingly getting myself into trouble because I'm bored. So. Go on. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not touching that with no. a 10 football right now. <laughs> no, we, we spent quite a bit last time of talking about how privileged we both felt to you know, not have our employment impacted at this point in time. And that, for me, thankfully, continues to go forward. Uh, still mm-hmm. doing a lot of work from from home, working at home exclusively actually getting busier, calling a lot of people throughout the day, doing a lot of therapy over the phone. Uh, My wife has found out that she's probably going to be furloughed or something at some point in time uh, in the coming weeks, most likely. So that all of this is starting to hit closer to home, uh, which is a little certainly unsettling, a little scary. And like you were talking about, there's really no end point of well, in two weeks we can go do X, Y, and Z, or in two months even. I just I don't think anyone knows, right? And that's that's a bit unsettling. And as we talked about last time, I'm just trying to take things not even one day at a time. It's like okay, here's what I have to do over the next two hours. So let me focus on that because at least that is something I can control. Mm-hmm. So, Siri, you are stuck. Well, stuck's not maybe the best way of putting it, but you are having to take a much more active role in homeschooling, distance learning, whatever we're going to call it, than I am. I've got a, you know, a seventh grader that's able to mostly do things independently. How uh, how ready are you to to fire your student at this point? How's it going? (laughs) It's actually going better and better every day, you know, as we kind of figure out how each assignment is supposed to be turned in, which has really been the biggest hurdle. You know, first they were doing Zoom and then they weren't, and now they are. And you have to go through all the folders and figure out what the assignment is and what's actually due when and whether it's supposed to be a Google document or a PDF or a Seesaw video or what. It's uh, Yeah. 
you know, once she gets the hang of it, I think it's going to be okay. See, it's interesting, interesting to hear you say that because a big part of my job right now is calling parents about these exact issues. And I feel like a lot of the teachers at schools that I work with are kind of, I don't know, like befuddled for lack of a better way of putting it of like why students and parents aren't figuring that out. And for someone as capable as you are to say that that's also been an adjustment, that's interesting to hear. I think that explains a lot about why, why I've got so many parents that I keep having to call and try to figure out what's going on. So, Well, and it's, I don't envy the teachers in this at all. It's got to be really difficult to figure out who's turned in what and in what format and to where in the internet their answer is sitting. Right. Well, it's, it's one thing to go into something knowing that you're doing distance learning or doing an online class. It's another thing to, within a space of three days or a week, suddenly magically create an online curriculum that's happening. So, yeah, absolutely. Just laughing at your ice noises. <laughs> Sorry, I got. I you know I can't can't disappoint our listeners. No, you know we gotta keep them keep them coming back for more, right? Does that mean I don't have to drink quietly? No, no, please. No, as as loud as you possibly can, please. Just live it up. <laughs> yeah, I had an interesting lunchtime walk with Hugo today. Uh, even though it was like 25 degrees and windy, but the prospect of just keeping him inside for eight to 10 hours a day without any type of outdoor activity, not good for either of our mental health states. Mm -hmm. So that was good. And we were talking about something, I don't know. And he was asking about our friend Lisa and I was like, Oh, well, Aaron is her husband because he knows the two boys, uh, their, their kids. I was like, or, you know, it's also known as her spouse. I was like, what's a spouse? I was like, well, it's like somebody's partner. He's like, well, who's my spouse? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you can have a spouse maybe when you're a little bit older. He's like, oh. TBD, Hugo. Right, TBD. To, be, to be determined. So I'm having these, as Chris has been one to tell me, maybe too much in the way of deep conversation with a three-year-old. <laughs> It's better now that he actually can use words than yes. when you're having I, stern I, talks with him before going into the grocery store when he had like three words. So. To be fair, it was an eye <laughs> clinic. <laughs> <laughs> so moderating his just raging it all the time is, you know, a lot of patience, but I'm trying to just embrace how fortunate I am to have all this time with him because typically I would be dropping him off at daycare and you know, he'd be doing all this stuff that I wouldn't be aware of. And then we pick him up at, at the end of work and have a little bit of time before bed. And so, yeah, it certainly gives me an appreciation, which I feel I had already for, for teachers and daycare workers and all the stuff they do. Uh, and stay at home parents. And stay at home parents, sure. And it's, uh, you know, when you start pulling at these threads of our society and how everything interconnects, it's, it's sort of interesting how quickly it's all kind of falling apart in a lot of ways and like what we're doing to manage. And I just wonder and go back to your point, Chris, of when things like get back to normal. And I'm wondering like how, how much back to that normal will they actually get? 
I don't really know. It's just to both of you, it's an open-ended question. You know, I, I don't want to go too deep here, but I kind of don't want things to go back to normal. Like, I feel like, and I, you know, I've seen a similar sentiments here and there, um, whether it's social media or whatever, but I feel like this situation really exposes some shortcomings of, you know, our culture, our country, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope we don't go back to normal. I hope that we do better going forward. Um, remains to be seen, but that's, that's what I hope for. Yeah, I feel like we have an opportunity here to pick what we appreciated and valued in the way things were and what we appreciate and value that's happening now and kind of build a hybrid out of that going forward. And I just I think it illustrates how fragile certain things were that like this is a, a pretty serious thing that we're dealing with, but it's not I mean, like the mortality rate is I don't want to sound like one of those people that's like your grandparents should die to, you know, get our economy back on track. But, uh, you know, economy or public health, Chris, pick one. (laughs) Um, That's that's my point is like something that's like, yes, very serious in some ways, but not um, red death has just completely unraveled everything. Like, uh, you know, it just shows how ill-prepared certain systems in our society were for something like this. And so I I hope we can do, I hope this eye opening for people and we can do better going forward. Siri, what would you were talking about a hybrid of maybe things old and new? What, what do you want to carry over going forward, whether it's the summer or next year when things maybe get past this crisis stage and into something else, what do you want to continue with? Um, you know, just the slower pace, spending more time at home, more time with the family. You know, I tend to plan things out months and months and months in advance and can't really do that right now. So, you know, we're not looking at the calendar four weeks from now and saying, oh, we don't have a day available. Sorry. You know, because we really don't know what it's going to look like at that point. So we're just keeping things open. Mm -hmm. Being a little bit more in the moment. Yes. And eating more meals at home, you know, taking time at dinner because we've got nothing to get to. <laughs> I hate eating meals at home. I want to. I, I, I want somebody to ask me if I'd like to start a tab forthwith. Well, we joked about it. I don't know if it was on through text or Twitter or whatever, but I, I've in the past always thought about that George Thurgood song of you know ordering. One scotch, one bourbon, one beer. And I was like, when I go, mm-hmm. whenever things open up, <laughs> that's my first order. <laughs> I'm just doing it. I don't care what the bartender, what their reaction is. <laughs> that's what I'm going to go with. It's good to have an agenda. It's good to have plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, I was just this evening talking with uh, our, our friend Robot Viking on uh, Twitter He's just talking about this this lack of not being able to plan things or looking ahead to a vacation or looking ahead mm-hmm. to meeting up with friends or a trip or going out to dinner because nobody knows. So every day is kind of the same. And without that planning of like, well, yeah, this week is tough, but on Saturday I get to go to a game or a concert, that that's really hard on, mm-hmm. on people. Um I think there's some potential good things for it, as Siri was talking about. Uh, 
and it's a little bit of every day just bleeds into the next and <laughs> no one has an end in sight. Right. Siri, you mentioned hobbies. Like what are you doing to manage stress, depression, whatever? I've been working on the train set. I started on the boat again a little bit. Um, got a little bit of yard work done before the snow came again. Um, picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake and started playing that. So. Yeah, and we found out before the show that you're blowing through that game way faster than we are. Yeah. Well, I kind of went into it with the idea that you get through Midgar in the first three hours or something, which it turns out isn't the case in the remake. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, that was going to be a topic, so this is as good a time as any to start into that, because we're all worried. I can't even remember the last time we were all playing the same game at the same time. So it's it's kind of an exciting thing to to discuss. What are you thinking about the game so far? Seriously, since you were just talking about it, how how are you enjoying it? Uh, this is the first Final Fantasy game I've played in ages, but the original Final Fantasy VII was one of my favorites ever. So it's nice to be back in that setting, and the animation and graphics are so much better now. It's like getting to play the cutscenes in some of the older ones. Mm-hmm. And now you're you you said you're through chapter or you're into chapter eight. Yeah, I just started Chapter 8. And I'm somewhere in Chapter 4, and Chris, you're earlier than that. Yeah, I'm Chapter 3. I haven't even I haven't even been to uh, What's-Her-Face's house yet. So. Tifa? No, not Tifa. Eris. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't been to Eris' house yet. So. Oh. See, and I, I played most of the Final Fantasy games, you know, growing up. And at this point, Final Fantasy VII came out, what, in the 90s? Yeah, uh, probably 97 or so. So I was, you know, mid-college, somewhere around there, close to maybe graduate school. No, college. And so I played it and certainly liked it, but I don't really remember the key plot points about it. So playing the game now, it feels familiar. And at the same time, I don't know what's different and what's the same. I, th- I think it's funny that Wedge and Biggs are still in there. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy that. Um, but Siri, it sounds like you have a maybe a better memory of what is consistent and what's new. It, there was a lot less moral ambiguity in the first one with what they were doing. They blew up the reactors and were heroes, and then you got on with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I remember I kind of remember that opening segment well for, and I probably play put more hours in final the original Final Fantasy 7 than I put in anything unless we're counting like playing Halo 2 online. I thought you were going to say like grad school or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking strictly video games, Fair enough. Mike. Uh like, you know, I think we've talked about before Siri, I, you know, I think we both bred the the golden Chocobo, like yes. I went all in on Final Fantasy VII when I didn't play it. Like as it came out, I, I didn't have a PlayStation until like a couple years after um, that. But when I did get to playing it, I I played it very thoroughly, and I remember the the big broad plot points after that opening scene. 
but not a whole lot else. I mean, I remember a couple of things from the original. Like I remember there being this super ridiculous underwater boss that you could accidentally find that was almost impossible to beat and some random things like that, but not much else. So it's, it's been interesting to play again. Cause like Mike said, it's like, it's, it's very familiar in some ways and yet long enough that it's brand new again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember and, Sephiroth or however you say his name. Mm-hmm. I remember him being this huge villain, but I don't remember the specific details. Yeah. I cut you off. Siri. What were you going to say there? Oh, no worries. So what, uh, one of the things that I've not struggled, I'm trying to learn the, the combat in the game because it doesn't feel like old school Final Fantasy at all, where it's very turn-based and you get to decide through cycling through some menus of, okay, here's what here's the attack or the spell or the item I use. Okay, now this character gets to decide. It's more real-time-ish and a bit chaotic because there's a camera that's moving all around and enemies are coming at you from every different direction. How have you both been uh, dealing with that? Chris, what setting are you on? I keep saying I'm going to switch and try the classic because I've been playing the normal and I keep forgetting to do it. So, so far I've just been doing normal. I do plan to switch to classic and see how I feel. Uh, I don't know if either of you played any of the Kingdom Hearts no. games. I haven't. Um, I did and enjoyed them. And it was the first one of those, you know, Square Enix games that I played that switched to the more of that quote unquote real time combat. And like, I, I enjoyed it in that setting, but it was very just kind of button mashy like it wasn't super deep in terms of most of the combat in that game and that's kind of how i'm approaching the combat in this game and right now like against the type of enemies that i'm fighting i think it's fine but i think it's about to bite me in the butt when i have to fight like an actual boss battle that's not the very first one at the beginning of the game so i may i may switch to classic where i just get to kind of be a little bit more like you're used to in an old school Final Fantasy game. We'll see. I started with the classic and it's not like the classic. It's still button mashy. It's just more auto shooting if you're not telling them what to do. Gotcha. So I started with the classic and then ended up switching to normal. And my strategy has basically been start with Cloud, button mash until he's got an attack charged up, pick something, switch characters as soon as you initiate it, button mash until they have an attack cast a spell or something, switch characters, and just rotate through them like that. Sounds reasonable. Yeah, I've I've started with normal, and I've, I've stuck with it. I feel like I'm maybe getting the hang of it, where I'm not hitting the wrong button as much. <laughs> when it's like I want to attack, but I actually bring up the menu and everything pauses, sort of, and I'm like, oh, boy, that's not what I want to do. Yeah, or trying to switch between people. I haven't really got too too good at that quite yet. Um, but I've gotten to the point where, kind of what what Syria mentioned, and somebody on, on Twitter because I put this question out. I was like, "What am I doing wrong?" Because when I try to switch to somebody else, they never have their gauge filled up. They can't do a spell or can't do abilities. And he said, "Like, yeah, you're in." you're incentivized to take control of different characters so you can get their bar 
up so then you can use abilities. So what, what seems to work best is switching, like using one character, doing an ability, switching to somebody else, doing an ability, and going back and forth. So basically what Siri just said. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> She's further along and smarter than me. We've covered this right. multiple times. <laughs> That's why that's why we want her on our apocalypse, <laughs> right? Um, but it it's weird. It it feel it's like a different way I think to play most action games like this, and certainly these these role playing games where you, and Final Fantasy games where you think you have more time and control to do stuff. I guess recent Final Fantasy games. Have yeah, been I was gonna say. Way. I think anybody that played the last Final Fantasy, like I haven't, but you know my son has that, and I watched him play. Like, I think it's very similar to how that plays. So people that are more used to that are probably like, I don't get it. What's the big deal? Um, but yeah, for me, like, and the old Final Fantasy, like that was one of the kind of things that brought it forward was it was still very much turn-based combat but there were those little bits and things within it that you know would be more timing based and whatever like it made that more interesting which was kind of a you know it was a step forward at the time like you had to time up some of those limit break attacks and there were other things like that so that felt like a big deal and it kept the combat more interesting and now it's like it's all real time which sort of theoretically to me should be the you know should be the more interesting thing to do in encounters but you know i think so far i just i i don't think i'm being strategic enough about it i'm just basically spamming the attack button and occasionally switching to like the more powerful attack stance and blah 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 so yeah siri what's been your strategy in, in combat have you been running into stuff that's uh you have to really take multiple attempts at or just are you rolling through things yeah, I mean, I'm spoiler free. Stuff pretty well. <laughs> okay, but I mean, if that many chapters, and I don't want spoilers about bosses, but that that must have been a fair amount of boss fights to be on chapter eight. Nothing that got particularly challenging. No, no, not yet. I I died in chapter four for the second time because I I forgot to heal myself. So I think that was more of a me problem. <laughs> it's like, oh right, I should cure myself or use a potion. Um, or sit on a bench. Yeah, I, I, there's this one point, and it's it's, it, it's happened a few times. It's like, hey, we're about to go do this thing. Uh, why don't you sit on this bench and take a break? <laughs> and then the screen fades it back. He's like, oh, I feel better now. And it's like, right. hey, your hit points and magic points are, are replenished. Um, so there's weird things like that. I, I have enjoyed, and I think you're all through this point, or Chris, you're in the middle of it. And it's it's a formula that's worked for me for 30-plus years of, of playing games of, hey, you start off small and you're building up a reputation and you go on bigger quests and get more rewards and level up your character. They do that quite well um, in the, the slums area. That, what's mm-hmm. it, District 7? Mm-hmm. Where you're, you're killing rats and other things like that. And then as you walk through crowds, people are talking about the new Merc in town and mm-hmm. the NPCs you talk to are all excited to help you out because they have a problem that needs to be solved. And so it's not, I mean, it's a game that's many years old, so they're not, they, they're not reinventing the wheel, but they just, it certainly makes me want to play more. It's, I've, I've found that part of it enjoyable. 
there's it's like nostalgia plus it's like this this formula works there's a reason why it works <laughs> did like in the original final fantasy do you end up in those slums for a while like that i don't really remember Siri, do you remember? I don't remember that at all. I think you walk through them, but I don't remember a bunch of side quests and stuff like that in there. I think you're pretty much just reactor to reactor. And even just the idea that they're kind of underneath the main city that then in the new game, you can kind of look up and see like where all the all the one percenters are like that's <laughs> that's new to me. But it, I mean, again, just the scope of how it looks and whatnot is is. You know, I mean, there's a lot of impressive looking games, but it, I guess it, I notice it more because I'm replaying something that I, I played a long time ago. And at the time, like, especially those cutscene graphics and Final Fantasy VII were like mind blowing, like compared to other games that you play. And so then to, because of, you know, the nostalgia for it, like I've been seeing little clips from the old Final Fantasy game and just the character models and whatnot. And like looking at those and then what it looks like now is, uh. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's a little bit of a trick though because you see that beautiful animation and stuff and you kind of associate that with the more open world games like horizon zero dawn and stuff but then you get into this and it has more of that final fantasy you know your pigeonholed down the path you can go you can only break certain boxes you can't jump and climb everywhere yeah a little bit on rail sometimes yes. it looks mm-hmm. like you should absolutely be able to walk somewhere and you just you know there's a magical invisible wall there and yeah yep. for sure yeah, I, I've done really well, like exploring around and being like, "Well, what's down this alley? Why, why do they even have this alley here?" It's like, "Oh, I can break some boxes and get some potions." <laughs> That's the only <laughs> but, reason it's here. But it's somewhere on like Twitter, somebody was saying that like it's pretty inconsequential to find those things. Like that, at least I mean, I don't know how far they were in the game, but uh, you know, sometimes in Final Fantasy games, without being too spoilerly like if you do you remember the most powerful uh of the what do they call the special attacks that that are like the, a summing of a the summoners yeah yeah do, do you remember the ridic- most ridiculous one from the original final fantasy 7 well was it the star- or it blew up a planet <laughs> It was the Knights of the Round. That oh. was the one that you had to have the golden That's right, to yes. even get to that island to be able to, you know. So the, in in old Final Fantasy games, like there were super powerful hidden things that if you spent time and talked to everybody and went out of your way, like you would find those things. And at least this person on Twitter was basically saying like, you just find some extra potions. <laughs> So I'm interested to see, like, uh, you know, are there any rewards for really being, you know, doing the 100 percent playthrough of this game like that? Or can I skip it? Uh, Well, personal satisfaction. (laughs) (laughs) Time is maybe a little bit more valuable now than when you. Uh, Exactly. I'm not sure that I'm going to put in the hours that I put in to read that damn chocobo like i did the last time so yeah and i don't i guess siri this not too much of a spoiler but does it get to a point where you can just explore around because it's very much on on rails so far if it does i haven't gotten to that point yet but like, reading the little thing that it tells you you know during the load screen it does say that you're going to be able to go back and explore areas you've already visited later 
and, and that's how original Final Fantasy VII was. Is like that first Midgar part of it was very much, you know, if not on rails, like pretty close to it. Like it wasn't until you get out of that city that suddenly you had that ability to kind of explore where you wanted to. And so I'm wondering if if it sticks to that, if like because this first game is just basically in an expanded way covering that part of the original plotline, like we may not get to the point where we get to freely explore until, you know, the Final Fantasy Seven Part Two comes out. Yeah, I will say later there's some materia that you can definitely skip and continue on the main story or go do the puzzle solving bits to find. But Okay. Yeah, I found I, it was interesting because in <clears throat> chapter three was the first time where I felt at least there was a little bit of an option where there are these areas. I think there's a junkyard, there's an abandoned factory where the monsters will reset. Mm-hmm. So you can go back there and grind experience and get some other stuff, level up a little bit, which is what I used to do. And I don't know what Final Fantasy was. I don't know if it was like 13 or 11. I don't know. It was when I was living in Houston. But I would just walk on the treadmill and just mindlessly level up my people. So when I finally got to these boss fights, I was better prepared for them. And I don't know if this game will have those options to just do random encounters at different places just for leveling up. When can I wander off of where I'm supposed to be and just get completely owned by a right. stupid cactar? That's, that's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just this tiny, ridiculous looking cactus. Oh, this should be easy. needles and my entire mm-hmm. party dies. Like wh- when does that happen? I guess, I guess maybe chapter nine. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. All right. <laughs> but the things I've really enjoyed about the, the game, the music is, you know, it's like, that's something I remember. The the music from those, from those games, the Me graf- too. graphics you folks have talked about. Um, I remember enough that I'm getting a little irritated at like their, you know, you can collect music in the game and like some of their little remix things. I'm not amused. I just want cool <laughs> versions of the old songs. <laughs> No one wants your remix. <laughs> Nobody wants your hip hop remix of, you know, that classic theme music. I'm annoyed because I'm in chapter four and I have this one. I think it's one, two, and four. Like I'm missing one. I don't know where to find it. Oh, jeez. This is this is how they get you, Mike. This is how you. It's so how you spend like 200 hours in Mafia Wars before you're like, this is stupid. Well. <laughs> <laughs> things like this and I didn't got a war where it's like I'm not gonna beat my head in the ground I'm just gonna google it and find out I haven't gotten to that point yet but I'm, I'm fine looking up some things right right Siri so do you think Mike is a dirty cheater when he looks up things on the internet absolutely yeah I agree well I haven't looked up <laughs> anything for this game yet other than trying to figure out like hey what should I do with combat it's a little overwhelming for me. <laughs> so, Siri, I'm curious about about this. Uh, what what are your thoughts about the the presentation of Tifa? Oh God, here we go. <laughs> it's just another video game. 
Nobody's actually going to fight in a tight black miniskirt, but I'd imagine it probably sells more copies. Was I mean, I know that I, I don't remember what the graphics were in the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, and I mean, I guess they were always that was always her character concept, more or less. It's I mean, she's she's wearing the same outfit, sort of less you know. pixelated. Yeah, her her boobs are less pyramidy than they were the first time around. <laughs> it's pretty obnoxious. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the you know, this is not exactly a new thing. In fact, compared to many of the other Japanese games that are out there, she's she's fairly tame. I think I think you play in different circles than <laughs> you hear games than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's a pretty long tradition of these sort of ridiculously proportioned, sort of objectified, skimpily dressed uh, female characters in Japanese video games. I mean, uh, what was the what was the fighting game that Bayonetta? Well, the one that they like, it was a fighting game, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, let's all have them play beach volleyball. Which, which Brian and play. I would play before we'd go out. <laughs> right. So, so you you hadn't played that game, and yeah. yet Tifa's the one that's, you know, that's bothering you? Not bothering me. It's just, and there, I just wasn't prepared for, like, playing that game and just kind of enjoying the nostalgia of it. And then she comes in, and all of a sudden, it's literally like 20 minutes of her just, like, shoving her boobs into your face. Honestly, I find Cloud's arms way more distracting. <laughs> Go. In what way? I find his awesome skin tight uh, <laughs> sweater, sweater vest. Yeah. Sweater vest distracting. Well, Mike, you you like a sweater vest? I I would thought you would have supported that. I know. I tweeted that out. I was like, I got to get lifting so I can pull that off here <laughs> in the winter. Yeah, you got a few months till Halloween. I know. Yeah. Well, I am trapped inside. I should just you know create a workout don't, routine. Don't get yourself in trouble on push-ups again, sir. Uh, yeah. Take it easy. Yeah, but what is what is distracting about his arms? Because I have thoughts, but go ahead. Well, they put a lot of effort into the musculature of his arms. It's the the imbalance, I guess, between how realistic some of the stuff like that is versus wedge. Right. Yeah, what well, wedge is a bit of a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And Biggs looks kind of like a normal person. He's like a cartoon Charlie Sheen. Yeah, kind of. You're right. Yeah, that's who he reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that multiple people have talked about, I think I think his name is Barrett or Barrett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That not only is he, uh, it's like Rob Liefeld drew him in the game. He just seems out of proportion compared to other folks. But it's a bit of a caricature of little stereotype. He always was. I mean, he was basically Mr. T in the in the first game, it's, the first version of the game. It's 2020 now, though. Like we could do things a little differently. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not making a value judgment about whether that's good or bad. I'm just saying it's very true to how of the other the original game was like. 
I, I don't know about other people, but because, you know, there were obviously there's no real dialogue in the old Final Fantasy seven. You were reading everything. But in my head, I read everything as Mr. T because that's <laughs> kind of how they made him talk. <laughs> what line gave it away? I pity the fool who <laughs> I feel like against did, Avalanche. I feel like they did literally put something in there like that that was like a Mr. T turn of phrase. Maybe, you know, it's been a long time. I may be misremembering that, but they very much. The, in text form, made it very clear how he was, you know, s- supposed to sound, and so uh, the 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 new Barrett very much sounds like the old Barrett to me. Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of other cast members that I have not met so far. So, and I I hear there's some controversy, and that at least in this first game, there are some characters that were playable in the past that are not, you know, able to join your party right now. Which so is there going to be a part two to this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going to do the whole game again. It's just, you know, a lot more ambitious. So and hopefully going to take less than five years for the next one. Yeah, I guess that is the big question is, am I forced to invest in a PlayStation 5 to to be able to finish this or are they going to be able to? I, I mean, I would hope that now that sort of the game engine and whatnot is because that, that had to be the big thing as like this sort of started as like, let's put a fresh coat of paint on the original game. And then it eventually became, no, let's completely reimagine how we tell the story and blah, 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 and make it sort of a modern Final Fantasy game. So I, I hope now that everything is kind of in place for that, that it is less time consuming to continue the story and whatnot than it would be um as they kind of like first thought they were doing one thing and then expanded that vision and had to, you know, basically make it a, a complete modern game out of it. So I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to offer a very naive and uh, silly thing. Um, All right, but, sweet. Probably makes me look bad. I Japanese role playing yes, game. That's what it stands for. <laughs> I assumed it was the whole game. Like until like you were right now years old when you found out you were not going to finish the whole storyline and correct i think i thought it was the entire uh, game. yeah no i'm sorry mike uh i hear that there's a rather satisfying end to the arc of the story but okay. in this game you are literally just getting to exiting midgar which I recall being about the first three hours of gameplay. I, I don't yeah. think you even got off a of disc one in before you left Midgar. I think in terms of like playing the main um, story arc in the original game, it wasn't quite playing a third of the game, and there you know there were a lot of ways to bog down and spend a lot more hours in it. But it was we're playing the equivalent of like a quarter to a third of the original game. That being said, they've also put a lot more into this part than was there in the first game. They have expanded it and fleshed it out quite a bit compared to the storyline of what happened the first time. So there's more happening within that. But have they said how many parts to this they're going to be? They may have. I have three in my head, but I don't know if that's oh, something I actually read or if that's just kind of you know what I imagine. Well, I'm guessing one part's just going to be chocobo breeding and racing, right? Right. <laughs> right. Final Fantasy chocobo. I mean, that might uh, have changed my thoughts on investing in the game. Probably not, but 
that's I, it's interesting that I didn't even know that. I'm pretty oblivious. I mean, I think it's going to play like if you if you didn't know what the whole storyline of Final Fantasy VII was, it's just going to play like you bought a game and it came to an ending point and then they decided to make a sequel as how it's going to, you know, kind of play out. But we all know kind of the, the plot points. And so for some people, it's going to feel kind of dissatisfying that like in terms of where you were in original Final Fantasy VII, at the end of this, you were just kind of getting started. Yeah, you're going to be on the hook for $180 plus or minus a $500 console by the end of it. Jeez. Right. Well, I guess there's there's certainly worse things to be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, if, if we can sit around and enjoy it and it gets me through a part of <clears throat> being stuck at home, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, it's been it's been fun going through. I uh, I actually probably spent the most time trying to beat Wedge's score in darts. I've not played darts yet, so I guess I guess I have that to look forward to. Yeah, that would be a thing that would get you caught up. Though. Yeah, so that was fun. I, I did that last night. That was good. Um, I thought I would maybe get a chance to play this evening, but it's already getting kind of late, so might have to wait till tomorrow. Okay, boomer. So we were something else we wanted to maybe mention. We were having one of our Zoom meetups the I guess a few days ago over the weekend, uh, and everyone's just catching up, chit chatting. <laughs> and then, Siri, you kind of blew everyone's doors off with a story that sort of brought the Zoom to a halt. <laughs> and everyone was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah. would you be willing to share? So my mother, who likes to be outdoors and has been trying to keep herself active and busy during this quarantine, was out looking for pussy willows, as one does in the spring. And right. she was looking by, in, down by the pond behind the library and found a body floating face down in the water. So I feel like we should have had the standby me music playing as this. <laughs> <laughs> or at least invited Richard Dreyfus to narrate. <laughs> so that's obviously incredibly tragic and unfortunate and yeah. your uh, mom responded by calling the authorities no Go no because, skip it over Give, yeah, yeah so first of all it was my mom and dad okay. and my mom doesn't like to talk on the cell phone and my dad doesn't like to get involved okay. and so dad's idea was you know somebody else will deal with this so and so my mom drove dad home, and then rather than call the authorities, she just drove to the police station. Said, I, I think I found a body. And so the police followed her back. And, and thankfully, she you know, wasn't arrested. Because <laughs> she well, was illegally harvesting pus pussy willows, right? Yes, yes. You're okay. not supposed to collect pussy willows on county property, but she was not cited for it, so everything turned out okay on that <laughs> front. <laughs> And she was in touch with the guy from the county that took over the case, and he was able to give her some closure on it, so that's good. Oh, good. I'm not even sure that you knew that when we talked oh, on, yeah, no, on that. No, no, no. She just found out the other day. It was uh, okay. a kid from out east that was here for rehab um, for a huffing problem, oh. and it uh, didn't take, apparently. But yeah. they were able to get a hold of his folks and everything, so. That's too bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I just the the tone of the conversation, much like right now, just shifted. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like a lot of real life, uh, which is sometimes hard to deal with. It, it was less shocking for me because I had caught Siri on House Party, your app. It's not my app. I'm not getting anything from it. <laughs> you willed it into existence. I right? And, and I, so I had heard the story. So then I got to kind of enjoy watching everybody else uh, process these details and, and whatnot. But uh, still, my favorite part about it is your the dynamic of your mom being worried about the 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 willow harvesting and your dad not wanting to get involved and just like leave it for somebody else to find it and the the dropping of him off and driving to the police station is all great. It sounds like an episode of Fargo or something. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, we could we could flesh this out and and sell it. Fantastic. What else? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep plugging along. Yeah. Well, I I think my enthusiasm to play Final Fantasy is maybe a little bit diminished now that I know it's not a full game. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a full I game. Suspect, right. It's only not a full game in your mind because you know there's more coming. If if, well, if I, they had I just didn't know, but now I do. If well, right, right. But if if they had released this and it was just called, you know. Mike's quest and you had played to the end of it, you'd be satisfied and you'd be like, I hope there's a sequel to that. And then they'd be like, there's a sequel and you'd be like, sweet. But well, and I often complain that games are too long. So if, if this doesn't go on for 300 hours, it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's going to go on for 300 hours. I think if you're somebody that I don't know, gets stuck playing darts for four hours, trying to beat somebody's score, you can milk a lot of hours out of it. It sounds like you could play through the main quests in about, 20 to 30, 25, 30 hours, I think is what I've heard some people saying. But, you know, like all these games, you can you can devolve into finding everything and doing all the side quests and make it take quite a bit longer. Which I did not do in God of War. <laughs> no, you just <laughs> complained about Rowan. I tried to, and then I realized just yeah, we're not going to get back into that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Final Fantasy, yeah. good. Yes. Uh, being able to, to meet up with friends, good, but not possible right now. Right. Finding dead bodies, less good. Less good. Uh, going, making, to, going, right. going to the authorities, good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Owning a pig, good. Yep. Yes. Uh, trying to parent children at home, uh, hit and miss. Mixed bag. Mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> It just keeps on coming. Yep. But maybe the snow will melt and it'll get nice out and we can spend a bit more time in our yards. That would definitely help. Yeah. It was there's snow on the ground and it's twenty some degrees today, but I was sawing branches off the tree in the front yard. I mean I feel like we can, you know, we can gather around the fire pit at safe distances, right? That's the thing we can do at some point, right? Emily had mentioned that as an option, although for the most part, people did not seem very keen on it. Wait, I, 
I don't think I was there for that mention. I would have raised my hand. Well, I think something like that is potentially in the future, kind of seeing mm-hmm. how things play out. But it would be like one of those things of like, yeah, you can come over for a fire, but you're not allowed in my house. <laughs> <laughs> go to the bathroom before you come. Yeah, go down, go pee in the woods. Right, right. I guess I didn't. I didn't think about the bathroom issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, at some point things will ease up, and I think we're probably in one of the best areas of the country in terms of how states are handling this in Minnesota. So we'll see how that continues. Folks are very compliant here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. neither of us are native Minnesotans. So maybe we'll end with this Siri. Why, why are people so compliant in Minnesota? <laughs> why are they so agreeable? Well, we're social distancing champions. We're all, mostly of Scandinavian heritage where you know, the extrovert is the one who looks at your shoes instead of their own. And, <laughs> you know, you might shake hands on the third or fourth time you meet somebody, but you know, we're used to being locked down in the winter and, you know, you dig the car out and make the one run to the grocery store every couple of weeks or whatever. You know, it's, it's not that different. Speaking of, did Emily ever get her car started? We haven't even tried. <laughs> she's got an older hybrid that i had started and ran but i only drove around the block i don't i didn't drive it long enough then it sat there for a while and uh yeah it's it's not starting i hope it's on blocks in your yard the next time i come over <laughs> uh, let's make egan a little more coon rapids so <laughs> That's just one of those things where it could be something we're really stressed about, but there's so much else to worry about right now. It's like, you know, jump, jumping her car and seeing if we can get it to work or whatever. It's It just hasn't been a priority. Plus, it's been really cold. So when it warms up, we'll, we'll try to figure that out. If you screw up jumping a hybrid, does it end up like the the battery-powered supercar that the – uh, I plan to wake up in 1955. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the guy from from uh, Top Gear that he ran the battery powered supercar off the road and had the wreck, and then it just burned for like for like a week as like all the different little batteries separately caught fire and oh, exploded no. and whatnot. So is that is that what happens if you screw up uh, jump starting a, a hybrid? I, I, I don't know. I hope not. Well, going back to the different skills and such. Siri was trying to explain how to jump a hybrid over Zoom to us. And <laughs> we probably didn't take thorough enough notes. So my guess is there'll be a phone call. Did it involve magnets? Uh, no, but it, it did involve just grounding it somewhere. Very <laughs> <laughs> <you> good. <laughs> Which is the extent of my knowledge. I am not. <laughs> it's just don't look for a regular battery. It's under the gray box in the right. There's a little red tab. Lift a little red tab. That's your positive. Behind the green door. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like you're both hanging in there. Doing my best. In for the long haul. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask Siri. This is uh, your first time joining us. You've been you've been a, a dedicated listener over time. Uh, what, what's it like to join the pod? <laughs> <laughs> 
When I listen, I always wish I could interject, and now I can. So it's lovely. <laughs> any any final interjections? No, no. Now you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> any important corrections from past episodes? Things that were obviously oh, yeah, overlooked. That, that's yeah. a great question. I don't think mm-hmm. so. No. All right. Well, what would be your? I was because I was going through this. I wanted to find out which one I was talking about. Uh, Prayer of the Roller Boys. So, what would be your be kind rewind? Uh, oh, offering. from Ooh. the hip. Since people are trapped oh. at home and, and need some entertainment. You know, if we're not going too, too far back, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure holds up incredibly well. And they're making a third sequel. Or a That's third film, I guess. Probably not necessary. The second one was unnecessary, but I guess if I was going to go back a little further, I would probably go Blind Fury. Can't go wrong with Rucker Hauer. Which, which I no, just really tweeted can't. about today. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I'll go. Um, Predator. Excellent choice. Classic. Yeah. And and Blind Fury, give your take on Blind Fury, because I don't even know if I've mentioned that movie before on our shows. I may have, but if if not, like what is your uh, thumbnail sketch summary of that movie? A blind Vietnam veteran with a sword in his cane earns the trust and love of a little boy and learns to cry again and inspires Darth Maul's death. <laughs> oh, so wait, it's it's almost so he's got a sword and a cane, just like uh uh what's his name? The the blind swordsman, the old Japanese movie series. Ichi. Yes. But no nobody knows what I'm talking about? Come on guys. No, you know I haven't seen that stuff. <laughs> What? Culture? Yes. I've never seen Akira. <laughs> Siri, Siri gave me the DVD set of Avatar Last Airbender. I have to watch that. I, oh, yeah. You got to get on that. There's a classic series of old um, Japanese black and white, mainly. They, they, they might have been around long enough to eventually be in color. Of a, He's like a traveling blind masseuse that always ends up in the middle. Of, it's like Murder, She Wrote with with swords he he shows up somewhere there's a problem he generally solves it by killing somebody with his sword hidden in his cane yeah no so rucker howard starts out the movie is in vietnam and gets left for dead is blind gets found by some village where they train him to use a sword then he winds up back in the states in the i think the movie's I just was writing about it. I think it's like 89 to 91, somewhere right in there. And I think it's L.A. he ends up in. And his former Vietnam buddy has some family issues, and there's this little boy that he befriends and the family, and people are chasing him, and he ends up driving a car while the boy is telling him where to drive. And remember, he's blind this whole time, so it's... it's uh, I, I feel like... Polarity ensues. Yeah. So that uh, uh, I can't think of the the later movie that has that same scene, the blind person driving. I think that's been done several times. And the reason it came up for me is because we watched Toy Story 2 the other day. And there's a scene where Buzz is driving and he's yelling commands to the other toys to like use the pedals and whatnot, which is not exactly the same, but it was similar enough. 
Scent of a Woman, right? Al Pacino. That's, yes, that's right. Yeah, uh huh. Never saw it. Right. It's a lot of things I don't see. <laughs> uh, so I didn't know what that one was and just went to the theater on my own thinking I was going to a horror film. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. I feel like we could really delve deep into why you thought Scent of a Woman would be a horror movie, but <laughs> that's maybe another episode. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I think that's a good uh, note to end on. Uh, sure. Siri will be back, hopefully, if she'll uh, grace us with her presence again. Um, she ain't got nothing better to do. Hopefully, that's post, right. post social isolation, <laughs> but maybe it'll be earlier than that. Uh, if you're looking for, for Chris and I, you can find me on Twitter at TheIdDM. And uh, at Gigzinga for me. And, and Siri, have you joined the ranks on the Twitter? Twitterverse? I have not. Yeah. Yeah, you might be better off for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun. I've met some nice people. There's some cool stuff going on. And there's also there some really is. toxic nonsense. Yeah, you, you you have to be really really careful curating your your Twitter account to get a, a quality feed. Um so yeah, let us know your thoughts about Final Fantasy. Uh tell me other things that I should know that I don't know. <laughs> Seems to be what I learn about each week now from talking with Chris and other people is like, oh, I should have knew that. <laughs> Until that time, uh, Siri, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. And, uh, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, thank you for listening. Night off.